Welcome to Main Thing Radio with Robert Fountain, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach, in Miami Beach, Florida. Join us as Robert teaches through God's Word. right to the very door of the land God had promised to give them free and clear. All these houses, all these farms, all all these vineyards, you know, all all this developed stuff. And God said, it's all ready. It's all, it's all there. The food, the the houses, the bill, everything's there. I'm going to give it to you. And and they looked at it and said, oh, but it's going to be too hard that, you know, these people are, you know, they're all trained soldiers. They've got all these fortified cities. We can't do this. We can't do this. Except for Joshua and Caleb. And they're like, yeah, but God gave it to us and he's a big God and he's going to do this and we need to trust him. God's calling on your life will often look impossible through the eyes of man. God had miraculously rescued the Israelites from slavery and led them through the desert to the land he had promised them. Yet, as Pastor Robert will point out in today's message, they lacked the necessary faith to follow through and an entire generation missed out on God's promise. Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. Now, here's Pastor Robert in Hebrews chapter 3 with part one of his message, Hearing God. I realized last week, you know, as I was going through this, that there were were some things that, I mean, not really assumptions, but, but just... Some uh, maybe some some concepts that some people, a lot of people actually, are, are maybe not all that familiar with, and and I've realized a lot of people struggle with it. I mean, I struggle with it, but I'm used to struggling with it, you know. So I kind of take the struggle for granted. Does that make sense? And I realize some people, you know, as they struggle with it, they think it's only them. It's just not the case, you know. What what we talked about last week as we looked at Hebrews chapter three is the fact that that God is alive; He's still speaking. He's still speaking. And the problem often is that we're not listening. Sometimes we think we are, but in, in reality, we're, we're listening to our flesh. We're listening to our friends. We're listening to famous people. You know, we talked about it last week, football players, basketball p- players, you know, people that sing really well, you know, people, you know, they're famous because they're pretty or, or they're famous because they're rich. And we listen to their opinions and we listen to their input and, and uh, not really listening to the spirit of, of the living God. And, and when we wake up and realize that we need to listen to him and we need to hear from him and we need him to teach us and speak into our lives and guide us and, and we make the decision that we're ready to listen to him, we're ready to trust him and we're ready to obey him, we find out that he's been speaking to us all the time. So we're going to talk about that a little bit today, the, the, the listening part. What does it mean to listen? How do we listen? How does he speak to us? And, and, uh, and all of those things. In Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12, we're given this warning. It's the first of several in the book of Hebrews. But he says, beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it is called today lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. 
For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. While it is said, today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. So I'm going to give you four things today that hopefully will help you hear the voice of the Lord. The first one is a surrendered heart. Now we've already talked about it. We just, but that's, that's the essence of what this is, is really talking about in this passage. He's like, you know, God is saying to us, beware, beware, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Now, a lot of times we read that and we misunderstand it completely. Oh, well, I believe, so that doesn't really apply to me. Wait, wait, because listen to the rest of what he says here. He's like, exhort one another daily while it's called today. What does that mean? Do it now. Do it now, right now. You need to be exhorting one another right now about this. Why? Well, because there's a danger that you and I would be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. You know, I heard a great teaching one time about this thing of the deceitfulness of sin. You realize that we, we, we have to convince ourselves that it's a good thing to do stupid stuff. You ever thought that through? That's a good thing to kind of ponder. We have to convince ourselves, or we have to be convinced, and, and, and really, you know, it's like even if we're buying it from somebody else, we still kind of have to rationalize it, make it work in our own, in our own minds, in our own lives, you know, that somehow this is better. Somehow this is good. This, this thing that the Bible says is, is not good, this thing that God says is harmful and destructive, and, and, and he even calls it death, but we have to convince ourselves that it's, it's good. It's good. This is good. This is going to be good. This is going to be worth, you know, the, the time, the effort. It's, this is going to be better than what God would do. The deceitfulness of sin. We have to convince ourselves that evil is good. Otherwise, we'd drop it like a hot potato and run from it, right? I mean, we'd, we'd run the other way. If we saw it the way God sees it, We'd leave it. We wouldn't be tempted by it. We wouldn't be pulled into it. But the Bible says sin is pleasurable for a season, for a season. And so we, you know, we, we often, we're hardened because we buy this deceit. We buy the lie. And he goes on. He says, for we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. While it is said today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. He's talking about trusting God, the the rebellion. What he's referring back to is the Israelites, you know, the children of of Abraham, the the Hebrew children, you know, the nation of Israel was in captivity in Egypt for several hundred years, right? 400 years. And and then God sent Moses, and and Moses confronted Pharaoh, and and all kinds of miracles, all kinds of signs were done. And and finally, Pharaoh relented and said, okay, get him out of here, get him out of here. After, After his own child was dead. All of the firstborn in Egypt had died overnight. And so Pharaoh was like, get them out of here, get them out of here. So roughly 2 million slaves, Israelites, packed up and left. They, they, they took off. And, and as, they, as they headed out, Pharaoh changed his mind. Like, gather the army together. We got to go get them back. We got to chase these people down. We got to, you know, they're, they're all leaving. And, and so as, as Israel approached the, the Red Sea, they realized they've got the ocean in front of them. They've got the armies of Egypt behind them. And all they've ever known is slavery. They've been born and raised in captivity. None of us can, can even begin to comprehend what that would have been like. Born and raised 
as slaves. That's all they'd ever known. And now, and now they, this guy that they didn't know, Moses is, you know, can they, it's like, we okay, we're, we're trusting you and, and trusting God, but now we're up against this and there's an army and, and then God parts the waters and the Red Sea opens up for them and there's dry land and they go through it on dry land and, and then they watch as the Egyptian army follows them into the ocean and gets swallowed up as God brings the waters back together. And all this stuff happened and then they march right to the very door of the land God had promised to give them free and clear. All these houses, all these farms, all, all these vineyards, you know, all, all this developed stuff. And God said, it's all ready. It's all, it's all there. The food, the, the houses, the bill, everything's there. I'm going to give it to you. And, and they looked at it and said, oh, but it's going to be too hard. That You know, these people are, you know, they're all trained soldiers. They've got all these fortified cities. We can't do this. We can't do this. Except for Joshua and Caleb. And they're like, yeah, but God gave it to us and he's a big God and he's going to do this and we need to trust him. And see, that's the key point. Two men out of two million said, no, 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 we got to trust God. We got to keep our eyes on God. Don't, don't, don't get your eyes on the difficulty. Don't get your eyes on the battle. Don't get your eyes on the hardships. Don't, don't get your eyes on the things that you don't understand, the things that are too big for you, the things that are too hard for you. Keep your eyes on God. We're trusting God. But they overruled him. Two million people said, no, we're not doing it. We're not doing it. And God said, fine, I'll wait till you die. And your children will do it. And that's exactly what happened. Forty years, they marched around in circles. You know, they made the 11-day journey from Egypt to the promised land, 11 days. Then they marched around in circles for 40 years while God waited for all of those who allowed unbelief. Now, did they believe in God? Yes, they believed in God. They all knew he was there. They just didn't trust him. You see the difference? They didn't hold fast their confidence until the end. And that's what he's talking about here. How do you do that? Well, you have to actually come into agreement with him. You have to, you have to say to him, listen, okay, you're God and I'm just me. And if you're saying we need to do this, apparently you've got a plan. If it's your plan, it's a perfect plan. And you've got the power to back it up. So, okay, let's go for it. Can you see that? You have to come into agreement with him about the fact that he's right and, and, and that he's, he's faithful, he's good, he's got, the, he's got the power, he's got the plan, he's got the provision, he's got it all squared away. All you have to do is trust him and follow. You just trust him and, and follow. chase after so much in this world, the best job, the perfect family, the prestige and fame that we think will satisfy. But will it ever be enough? These worldly achievements may seem like exactly what we want, but in the end, we can't take them with us to heaven. These things can also become idols in our lives, becoming more important than our Savior. As we've studied the book of Hebrews, we've been warned that nothing should take the place of Jesus in our lives. Nothing else and no one else will give us lasting satisfaction. Our lives should focus first on the Savior, allowing Him to direct our steps in all things. We are so glad you tuned in today to Main Thing Radio. If you'd like to learn more about this ministry, please visit our website, MainThingRadio.com. Listen to additional teachings by clicking on Podcast and download our mobile app to take Main Thing Radio with you on the go. Come and follow our Facebook and Twitter accounts to keep up to date with everything that's happening at Main Thing Radio and Calvary Chapel Miami Beach. 
Find links to our accounts at our website, MainThingRadio.com. With that, our time with you has come to an end. We hope you'll join us next time as Pastor Robert continues to teach verse by verse, chapter by chapter, through the book of Hebrews, right here on Main Thing Radio. Main Thing Radio.